Hey, it's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994-95, and this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks! Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. I'm Dan. Here with Cass. That was a fun one, Cass. Uh, we were on edge a little bit, but you know, the fourth quarter, the Buckeyes turned it around. Uh, it, it escaped Happy Valley. Um, you know, uh, they didn't cover, but it, it, at, they were covering in the fourth quarter at one point. So I'll take it. Um, what were your thoughts on the day? I thought I, I never thought one second that we were nervous that we were, we were going to lose this game. I really didn't. Um, but I did get nervous in the fourth quarter when you're losing. And then all of a sudden that fourth quarter explosion I think I was more concerned with the play calling more than anything, like running yeah. bubble screens on third and six, knowing that um, how good Penn State's corners are. Um, just, I think the play calling, I think Ryan Day is an offensive genius. And I just think that he was just trying too hard. Like he was just trying to get something that was, wasn't working. I think, uh, I think after the first quarter, if you find something that's not working, just go with your bread and butter. And that's Stroud just letting Stroud be Stroud. And I thought CJ Stroud, this was outside of the at the end of the first half and maybe a couple other throws. This was his best game of the season outside of the with despite only having one touchdown. I just thought this was his best game of the season because the willingness of him running the football. Um, there was a couple of times where he pulled it and tucked it and run. Yeah, he didn't get the first down, but he also one, he, he helped Noah Ruggles get in field goal range for one of the field goals. And two, the other one, it helped Jesse Murko get a little bit of more room so he could boot the ball. So it, it, it's the willingness that he did run. I mean, heck, one of the carries was 11 yards. He pulled it yeah. and tucked it for 11 yards. Yeah, it was short of the first down, but his willingness of the run in the football. And I also, you know, I'm sure you're going to touch base on this. Uh, JTT, <laughs> I mean, JT2 and Maloal. What a stud. He, you know, the stat line was unbelievable. And it was fun to watch him just completely um, take over a game, which I have to give Zach Harrison a lot of credit with that too because he helped JTT. The way Zach Harrison has been playing all season has actually helped open up the bring to show what JTT can actually do. I mean, I would say too, I, I think we just need to give credit to Larry Johnson as a whole, that, that defensive line as a whole, you know, I thought played pretty insane. Obviously JTT, one of the greatest days you'll ever see from an Ohio state defensive lineman, Zach Harrison also finally making, you know, getting the credit he deserves. Cause he, like we've been saying in previous shows, he's been all over the field making plays. Hasn't seen it in the stat sheet gets the pick. Also though, Tyleek Williams coming in in the third quarter, making those two big, you know, stops in a row. Um, I thought that was honestly kind of where the momentum started to shift. I thought like, you know, I call him Tylenol Williams. Um, take, you know, take take two tackles for loss as needed. Ohio State did it alleviate symptoms. Voila. Uh, that was my punny joke for the day. And, um, you know, they really stepped up. I thought Cass, um, Tommy Eichenberg, you know, had a pretty good day. But, I oh, I wish he made that tackle. He should have had I, 16, I, but he had 15 it, tackles. I know. It, it, he, I thought he had a pretty good – like, I'll give him a B plus, but, like, that one tackle, if he if he made that tackle, he would have been a, he, he would have been a legend at Ohio State for that. But um, that's all right. 
Um, and the DBs were kind of shaky as usual. Uh, McAllister, I was surprised he didn't make that tackle. And, and um, Burke, I thought was pretty good though. No complaints on Burke. So defensively, I was pretty. I mean, I I couldn't be happier with the defense. Honestly, when you look at it, other than Parker Washington just eating our lunch at times. Mm-hmm. Um, on the yeah. offensive side of the ball, uh, I thought Travion at t- in the beginning was a little lost. I thought it, it took him really, you know, midway to, through the second half to get warmed up, and obviously he had the two touchdowns. There's something wrong with his vision, I think, though. Personally, like, uh, there, it just doesn't make sense that Mayan is able to get more yards, and I feel like he has less room to run through at times, and Travian gets better holes, and he's always getting brought down. I don't know what's going on. They need to figure figure out his vision because, like like I said, on, I think on Saturday Cadence, I think he's kind of regressed a little bit. So maybe maybe this is the part where he, you know he turns it around. Stroud I thought played insane though. I mean I I I agree, Cass. Um, his biggest thing on the day was just you know those long you know second and long, third and long throws to Marvin Harrison. Um, he had so many of those. I mean the chemistry between him and Harrison Jr. was so freaking good that um, Ohio State was you know that was really that between the defense was the only two things that was really working in the game. Um, and then I thought like Fleming Fleming played all right. Silver played very good, other than the bubble screen blocking, which is the play calling. I I think. Um, and then I guess we'll end with this. I thought the game would have probably been a bigger margin of victory if Mine Williams didn't get hurt. I completely agree. I, I know the rumors this week um, about um, Yameko Buka dropped one pass this week and he spent each practice two hours over catching from a ball machine. I mean, that just tells you the mentality of Emeka Buka. Um, I mean, I'm going to pose this question right now. I think my, I mean, it's actually not a question. I think it's a uh, statement kind of, I think Mayan Williams being hurt, is more effect more affecting us than Jackson Smith and Jigba. I would I would agree. Currently, where this team, how this team has progressed this year, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, you gotta hope it's not going to be long term. I'm sure. I mean, I'd oh, be surprised. I heard, he, I heard he's in full pads all week. I I I mean, I would be just the way Ohio State has done things lately. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if mine didn't play this week just because one is Northwestern too. Like we have had a history of, you know, Travion get a full workload and mine will be off. Mine will get a full workload. Travion will be off. So I, I think we could see mine off this week, um, even though he is in full pads. I, I love the fact that Ryan Day has shut the media down with, with the injury reports now. Yeah. I think just Ryan Day is tired of hearing about the injury reports because there's other guys that have stepped up. I mean, I think, like you said, going back to with the Jackson Smith and Jigba being out, who would have, you know, we wouldn't have thought that. I mean, we didn't, we wouldn't have thought the emergence of the way Julian Fleming's played. We knew Marv had that mind, like that physicality that he could want break out like this, but I didn't think it would be like, you know, that well, I didn't think it'd be this quick. We're think, thinner at running back to the Evan Pryor injury, I think, is really what's causing all this. Yeah, and Chip is now full time running back. But RB three. Yeah, I think that I think that Cade Stover. If Cade Stover didn't have this production, I think we'd be really missing Jackson Smith and Jigba. But we don't because the way I think Cade Stover has been the X factor and there's a whole offense just because he's a threat. He's a threat downfield. 
I was reading this. He's the most productive tight end we've had since Ricky Dudley's. And that He's, was in 1995. You know what? And I, 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 this might be crazy to say. Um, this might be a take, but I feel like he's a better route runner than Ruckert. He's way smoother when you watch him. Um, the way he go, goes after the ball to him gets down. Like he reminds me, his play style literally reminds me of a little Gronk. It, it, like especially with the brace, the way he like goes down for balls and like makes contested oh. grabs. I, that's, I mean, that's a little Gronk in my opinion. Anybody should not. Gronk couldn't block on bubble screens because they can't get out there. You can't have your tight end blocking out there and to block on bubble screens. But that goes to the physicality. Do we miss Zach Smith and his physicality of his receivers? Because say what you want about way way Brian Hartline coaches. At least Zach Smith's receivers block better than the receivers that Brian Hartline has produced. Yeah, I mean, I, you're 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 absolutely right uh, when you think about like. Even like so, like like obviously KJ Hill was a good blocker. Terry McLaurin, great blocker. Austin Mack. Austin Mack. Like even ben, ben Ben Victor wasn't a good blocker, but he threw like you could Johnny at least Dixon was throw a good in an effort. Yeah, um, I think there was a better effort from his guys. I don't, you know, if that makes sense. I think it makes sense. Uh, right now, I think I think the Heartline guys are more divas, like or like. They're, they're, they're above blocking because they're so good at receiving. But Fleming looks the part. Like, he looks like an Evan Spencer out there, don't he? Yeah, he just, but he played, he's a lot better than Evan Spencer this year. Like, he's, oh, yeah, that man's but, gone, his flowers. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. We, we come out with a two, uh, all up until LSU being ranked 10th. We were the only team in the country with a top 15 road victory. But now that Penn State's ranked 16th by the committee and LSU is 10th by the committee, which is that's, – that's a good segue. That's a good segue. College football rankings came out last night. Oh, well, Tuesday, whatever, whenever you're listening to this. Ugh. Uh, it's just it's just crazy that uh, they put Tennessee one. <laughs> that's what that's what kind of I know I know everyone can make the argument oh the top three could be anywhere but yeah, when, you're right but, but putting Tennessee at one is just that that's not factual in my opinion. I mean, it, it, like you either have to put Georgia or Ohio State one there. You can't you can't just be like oh because Tennessee beat Bama they're one. Well, like Bama didn't even win the national championship last year, and they proved that they're not maybe as good as they thought against Texas. It's the eye test. <laughs> the eye, yeah. The eye. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It, your eye, yeah. Watching you know Tennessee win at home in Neyland and. Everyone rushed the field. It looks great on TV, but like that doesn't mean they're exciting. It's a great, it was a great pageantry. You know, the same looked great. Doesn't mean they're the number one team. I think, I think the committee got the top six completely wrong. Um, I was kind of surprised by it. Um, I, 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 I look at it this way. Doing. I like I've been telling people the top three you could have rated ranked one, two, or three anywhere. It will sort itself out. Yeah, it it just, will. It will. But it's, it, it just bothers me because, like, I'm like. 
It was uh, these four? people are going to be making decisions soon, like finalizing this. And if this is where their heads at, I'm like, I don't know if we're all on the same page. I think, I think one, two, three, you could have ranked anyway. You're like, you could have. It was four through the rest of the top twenty-five where I had a problem with. Like, you had Penn State, who arguably has two of the best losses. Um, at 16, and then you have LSU, who got massacred at home by Tennessee and lost to Florida State. Like, how, like, you could say a neutral site, but bullshit, it's not a neutral site because it was in freaking Louisiana. I mean, like, the, the, I think what it is, Saturday night, on ESPN, Alabama travels to Tuscaloosa. It's a way to say, oh, Alabama got that top 10 win. It's them basically saying Alabama is going to be a playoff team unless they lose another game, regardless. I think my favorite thing about this is just how they put all the ACC teams in a row. They just put like 6-2 Syracuse, Wake Forest, and NC State all 6-2. They put them at 20-21-22. I thought that was kind of Wake funny. Forest North Carolina is also – North Carolina is also 17, and I heard the theory. I heard the rumor. Like, remember the year when North Carolina won their division and they played Clemson and they got robbed on the onside kick? There's a theory out there that North Carolina is going to run the table, play Clemson, and get revenge. And how funny would that be? Um, would you put them in is my question. I would. I would. Why not? If there's a couple of teams with losses, I feel like you got to make the playoff then. I think – TCU is the one to watch out for. If TCU runs the table, they're going to be in. Um, what happens if Illinois runs the table? Like you have to put them in. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to have to think about beat it. Michigan, they they about have it. to beat Michigan and Ohio State, probably. Yeah, if they beat Michigan, okay, the week before Michigan plays Ohio State, then Ohio State beats Michigan. They beat Ohio State. That's two top five wins. Yeah. No, there'd be no denying them. None. Which, the chances of that happening, come on now. Like, but it can happen. It could. It'd be, it'd be kind of funny in a horrific way. Um, Tulane is, I guess, the Tulane UCF. Um, UCF at 25, Tulane at 19. Don't they no play big, each other? Yeah. No big group of five guys, though, other than them. So basically, it's going to be Tulane versus that third SEC, that third or fourth SEC team that gets in a New Year's Six Bowl. Probably Tulane versus like LSU. Mm. Sugar Bowl. Tulane LSU Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Make it happen. New Orleans Orleans would go nuts. That is actually, that could be on the table. (laughs) I don't think it's, I, I don't think LSU will make it to a New Year's Six Bowl. I think it'll be like Ole Miss or something. I feel like the state of Louisiana would have such a blast, though, if that happened. Think about it. LSU, Tulane. No, hear me out. Tennessee loses to Georgia, right? Mm. Okay. So Tennessee loses to Georgia. Okay. Alabama loses to Georgia. That's their second loss. Tennessee, Georgia make the freaking playoffs. Alabama goes to the Sugar Bowl and plays Tulane. That would be the funniest thing I would ever see because you know Nick Saban 
would not want to play in that game. How funny it would be if Tulane pulled up the pulled off the upset. Dude, Utah it, did. Look it up. Utah beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, no, uh, it's just not their not their spot. <laughs> That'd be. I mean, Actually, I'm all would, for it. They would actually probably put Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. But uh, back to the rankings, cast. I mean, I'm I'm fine with Ohio State coming in at number two. Because um, they're going to be number two next week. Yeah, no matter what, we would not have been number one because they're going to – even if, even if we were number one, we would have gotten removed next week because the winner of a 2-3 matchup will jump yeah. to one. It's just the math behind supporting us at number one – It. it you, with the upcoming games, there's no point because it's, nah, it's for rankings. You might as well do it the other way. It's, it's basically rating. solidifying Ohio State's number two. Like Ohio State's could be number two. They're basically think, saying you're gonna like you're basically they're basically saying you're a higher seed, but uh, for like TV ratings, we're just gonna play around with these other teams. I that's think, that's what I got the vibe. I, I here's my theory. I think if Georgia beats Tennessee. Okay, mm-hmm. Georgia's going to the SEC championship game. Tennessee's going to be that one-loss team. If if the problem, what's going to happen is what happens if Georgia beats Tennessee? Georgia loses to Alabama. Are you going to get? Are they really going to put three SEC teams and Ohio State in the Final Four? See, that's where it gets hairy. That's where it gets stupid, too. Go Tennessee. I mean, now go TCU. Yeah, I don't want that. That's a nightmare scenario. I think Georgia's going to win this week. I mean, usually, here's the thing it always works itself out. It does. It always. And I don't think think the committee is going to, because we're going to, but I think this is what will happen. I think one of those one last SEC teams gets left out, and all of a sudden the twelve team playoff starts next year. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Tennessee fans are going to get left out, and then they're all going to always going to be like, "Well, we would have won it in twenty twenty two if we got in the playoff." Yeah, because guess what? Those brown paper bags full of cash, those McDonald's bags. Let's come. That's going to come back to bite them. It really is. It really is. Oh, can will can if it, can Hendon Hooker loses Heisman this week though? Um, I don't know. It's a Georgia's an eight point favorite. It's at Georgia, but they're getting obviously they're getting all the Tennessee fans. I I don't know because Georgia just lost their best one of their best defender defenders. Um, so. I don't know how that defense is going to be. I, I, I still, I still think Georgia's going to win. Um, but I mean, I will say this: if Hendon Hooker goes in there and pulls off the win, it, it, he, I, he's going to win the Heisman. <laughs> if he, if he loses, he could still win. But if he wins at Georgia, he's going to, he might, st- he would steal the Heisman in my, my, my opinion, just because they're already ranked one. Which sucks. He loves them. It sucks so bad because the way C.J. Stroud has played all season that he's going to lose the freaking Heisman Trophy because of some 25-year-old senior (laughs) that's playing well. 
Oh, anyways, Northwestern. We traveled to Northwestern, who has not won a game on American soil this year. Yikes. So if you watch the first week, like week zero college football, everyone would have been like, wow, Northwestern's a good team. Everyone was probably like, and then they haven't won a, won a game. So they got, they got beat by Iowa. Like an offensive resurgence of Iowa. It's so bad. I mean, like, so they have 10 touch. They have only 10 touching. Uh, they only have 10 passing touchdowns on the year. Holinsky literally had the one like what you saw Ryan Holinsky against Nebraska. That was that was basically the bulk of his production. Evan Hull as well. He only has 500 yards on the year. And he has like five total touchdowns. And then there's like no one else. They have their offense is pretty dreadful. Um, they have like a couple. That, what's his name? Donnie Navarro. He's like a slot receiver. He's okay, but um, and then defensively. They only have two interceptions from D-backs the entire year. Five interceptions total. They're not going to win the turnover battle. Um, they're just not very good. There's In Ohio State's literally a 38-point favorite. There's no reason Ohio State shouldn't obliterate this team, in my opinion. Um, that's my immediate thoughts. They were down 23 to nothing to Iowa. Ugh. My wife and I are going to this game. We've been weather watching, and every, all Buckeye fans are freaking out because there might be a little rain and wind. Come on, it's that. Come I mean, that, that that might be a blessing in disguise for us because it's going to make us have to get up and play. Because if it was just a, a cold, sunny day in Evanston, we might be a little sleep at the wheel. If it's raining, I feel like that's going to wake you up because at least you got rain hitting you constantly. Yeah, I mean, same same conditions last year against Indiana. We completely obliterated them, fifty four to seven. Exactly. Like, uh, but yeah, I can't wait. It'd be my first trip to Chicago. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be fun. I mean, my wife was so excited to get her Kate Stover shirt. She's gonna wear it it's Friday on the way up. Um, she's super excited about that. Never seen my wife so excited in my life until Kate Stover scored that touchdown last week. I mean. What a play. I, I mean, I feel like if if Kate Stover gave her the time of day, she'd probably leave me for him. I'm <laughs> <laughs> to this point at this moment. Um, but no, like, it, it it's going to be a fun trip. I think I, we get to go up and hopefully watch the Buckeyes obliterate Northwestern. Um, I have no keys to victory for this besides stay healthy. I mean, there isn't. I mean, all – can we see Kyle McCord throw the ball around, please? I feel like I feel like my keys to victory is just impose your will. So, like, if it's fourth, if it's fourth and two, let's not punt. Just go for the damn thing. Get it? Like, like let's not overthink it, guys. And no bubble screens. How about how about Jesse Marco doesn't punt until third team comes in? Exactly. I want to see after Stroud throws for seven touchdowns in the first half. I want to see Kyle McCord come out and throw the ball around. I want to see CJ Stroud have a Heisman play, like a not a moment, but a play, a highlight that you're like, wow, that 
that's why he should he's a Heisman favorite. I mean, he drops dimes to Marvin Harrison and all that. Yeah, I, I want to see him throw such a ridiculous what, throw. What if first play of the game, Ryan Day runs a read option and C.J. Stroud houses it for 75 yards? Then people are like, oh, he'll run against Northwestern, but nobody else. <laughs> that might be it, though. First play, like an 80-yard touchdown, I'd be cool with it. <laughs> he wouldn't have to do that. He would have to do like a Heisman pose, though, if yeah. he does that. I would love for him, like, just against Michigan, just Heisman pose. I would That would be sweet if he just ran for a touchdown and did the Heisman pose. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like he has to do. He, I feel like he needs a preemptive Heisman moment before Georgia Tennessee play because they play at three thirty. We play at noon. Like I feel like he just needs to have a ridiculous play just, and do the, do it. Just throw eight touchdown passes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just throw eight. Break the school record. I mean, it. Is, I mean, just do it. Just do it. Like it's not that hard, bro. <laughs> It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that. Don't overthink it. Don't watch it. (laughs) Four verts every play. Um. Last night, did you watch ESPN for the put the pick the uh the uh thing? What? Yeah, the uh, show, the college football show last night. Oh yeah, like the 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 playoff show. Yeah, I love how they had every college game day host, but Desmond Howard on there. Probably because they didn't want him to explain his final four. That's my guess. That's, I mean, that's dead other than Michigan. It's been long dead and gone. I don't think that survived week two. <laughs> no. That's crazy. My, I mean, mine's still very, I like to say mine's very alive. I have Ohio State, uh, Michigan, Georgia, Bama. Those are my final four. Not in that order, just that's my final four still. I think I had – mine's still alive too, I think. I had Clem, Clemson, Ohio State, USC, and Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. The only, the only one that doesn't look great is USC. I mean, if they run the, went out and run the table, I mean, it's hard-pressed not to be able to put them in if, the, you know – if their one loss is Utah at Utah, that's not a terrible loss. Why, my thing is, why was the committee justifying for USC saying um, they have a um, marquee um, game against Notre Dame, but won't give Ohio State? Like, did you did you see that? Where they were talking about um, like the games and then saying that USC. Has a tough one coming up against Notre Dame, but didn't even mention Ohio State beating Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not good. I mean, to beat the brakes off of Syracuse. Don't mean they're good. <laughs> it's true. They're five and three. They they lost hey, to Marshall. They beat if they beat Clemson. How good does that win for us look? I, I I just think I I think that the loss would just work, would look worse for Clemson. I and mean, I would rather have it just look worse for Clemson. It's 
<laughs> I could just look look myself look, look Clemson fans in the eyes and be like, at least we beat Notre Dame. Um, I don't know. I just like Drew Pine. I guess has turned it around a little bit. Thirteen touchdowns, four picks. That's kind of surprising. There. I mean, I'm going through down their stats right now. Their offense looks like they put up they put up you know some good production um, in recent weeks. I just like they should not have three losses though. Then that's the thing. And that's right. they're they're very underachieving. They might finish strong, but I don't know. Ohio State will never get the credit it deserves for that game, unfortunately, because they're gonna say that it was a different team because they have different quarterback. Right. So, all right, this is kind of a short episode. You ready to go into the pickums? Yes, sir. Yay! I even really looked at oh we didn't oh we don't need to touch base on the Michigan thing. That's just come. Dang, the Astros are up five nothing. Come it's on, all right. Phillies. Come on, Phillies. All right. Oh, Buckeye basketball last night. Show my beat Chaminade one oh one fifty seven. We we looked competent. Um Feeling good. I think I might I might go to the season opener in a few in next week. Robert Morris on Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, Monday at seven. I might go, but we're feeling good. Um, I, I we'll have to see what we do against Robert Morris. I want to I want to see it live. The the uh, we look good for a preseason exhibition. We put up a hundred, so that 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 always feels great. I want to see you know how we actually play full game though. That counts. So um, I'm apprehensive but excited. Yeah, and the girls open up with Tennessee. Yeah. So, I think Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. So, I'm ready for some college basketball a little bit. Me too. Um, all right. Do we, what game do we want to start with, bud? Oregon State-Washington. Washington's four-and-a-half-point favorite. I like Oregon State. I'm going to go with the Beavers. Mm. Oh, Friday. That's why I couldn't find it. Uh, no, I'll take Washington here because it's that's going to be a co- tough, tough place to play. Friday, a 10.30 p.m. kickoff. Absolutely, Washington. That's a great one to watch, though. Yeah. I'll watch it in the hotel in Chicago. How about – all right. Let's do mm. – You know what? I'm, I, I hate to cut you off. But Go big, ahead. Big noon kickoff. Texas Tech, TCU. TCU's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I think TCU's going to feel disrespected, and I think they're going to lay it on the Red Raiders. Give me TCU at the minus and a half, minus nine-and-a-half. I'll take Texas Tech plus uh, here. I think this could be a letdown week for TCU, believe it or not. Um, and I think Texas Tech is you know, coming on the road. I feel like they could be feisty. So I'll definitely take Texas Tech there. Um, oh my gosh, I'm just struggling. There's so many decent games. Um, I'm gonna go with this one's a little later cast. Um, it's gonna be Bama LSU. <laughs> the road the road to the Sugar Bowl runs through this one. So um, I, I like Bama to win, but i I'm gonna take LSU with the points. Because it's a rivalry game in Death Valley. Yeah, that's all I really got to say. 
I'll take I will also take LSU with the points here. I wouldn't be shocked if they beat Bama. They're, I mean, like they have the loss early to Florida State, but they shouldn't have lost that too. When like how they lost the extra point and all that, um, they really should only have one loss. I think they're decent. Um, Brian Kelly, like he's an absolute buffoon, and no one likes him. But he's a very good football coach. You gotta get you. You gotta give the man credit. He, he's not like personable or exciting or like cool, but it, the man can coach some football. Um, so yeah, let's. I'll take LSU covering. Texas at Kansas State. Tech. It's a pick 'em. It's Texas two and a half point favorite. I'm going to call it a pick 'em because it's between a field goal. Um, Kansas State came off and blew out, blew the doors off of Oklahoma State. They're at home. They're feeling good. But the Longhorns win. I'm taking Kansas State. I, everything I saw last – what I saw last week, this, this should be a top-10 team, uh, but they have two losses. Like, I feel like they're, they're – Kansas State at their best could be anyone in the nation, but they already have two losses. But, like, Kansas State's very good, I think. Um especially when they get that run game going with Martinez and um, Deuce Vaughn. And they had obviously the Will Howard guy or whatever, their backup school record, four touchdown passes. They're kind of – they're special this year for like – for Kansas State standards. So I'll, I'll take Kansas State, and it's at home. Okay. Uh, this one, South Bend, where, where Tigers go to die, um, 7.30 – NBC, Clemson travels to Notre Dame. Clemson's a three and a half point favorite. Give me Clemson. Because they're feeling disrespected by a lot of people right now because they feel like a lot of people are feeling like they are not the reserving of that number four spot, including myself. But I think I think this is a game where they could, you know what? We're going to finally show up. So give me Clemson. <laughs> I'll I'll take Notre Dame. Why not? <laughs> just just to be different. It's it's at home, and I think Clemson is our frauds, and Notre Dame's playing well. Let's let's roll the dice here. Let's ride. So, okay. Are we going to do Michigan State, Illinois? Illinois is a 17 and a half point favorite. I'm going to take Michigan State just to cover. Yeah, me too. Especially after the tunnel incident. <laughs> God, I hate Mich- Michigan fans are so oblivious. So are they like trying to press charges or something against them? what yes. pansies? They designed the tunnel. They literally designed this tunnel where it's like freaking Super Smash Brawls melee. There where there's only one entrance. Uh, like you have to meet the other team. How, like and it's like the third incident with Dontre Wilson, Penn State, like two weeks ago. They are repeat offenders. They cannot keep suckering teams into getting into these fights in this tunnel and then pointing the finger. The ridiculous. And the dude that got. I mean, I don't condone what Michigan State did, but the dude that got his butt whooped. 
was skipping and taunting away from yeah. his team. He was looking for it. You don't he do was, that. You, you literally ran into the and tunnel Har- and it's to been start since, it. It's been since Harbaugh took over that it's been gotten this bad. And he keeps blaming other teams. I I just thought that was the most ridiculous. I, I agree, Cass. And, I mean, I, I think I we have a more pick after this. But I, I just want to touch on the Michigan Tunnel subject because it's just so ridiculous. Um, remember, I mean – they someone has brought up too, like they have been coached to do this because they did it against us when they, you know, they attacked Andre Wilson. They did it in the pregame. You had obviously Curtis Grant talking on your, you know, commented on your Facebook post about this stuff. He even said they're trained to do it. Um, and then obviously, you know, James Franklin bring, you know, points us all out a couple weeks ago. Um, everyone's like kind of turns a blind eye, like oh maybe it was a one time thing. It literally oh, happened. Harbaugh so. Carnival Weiner. Yeah. Uh, by the way, my um, my uh, tiebreaker game, I'm taking Oklahoma State to bounce back and beat Kansas. It's a pick 'em. Okay. I think my game. Uh, <laughs> my my tiebreaker. Because uh, why not, Cass? Um, Give me Arizona State to cover 11 at home against UCLA. What, like is, that's a, what is it? Plus 11? Plus 11, Arizona State. I feel like that's just one where uh, UCLA, um, they're looking too far ahead for some reason. <laughs> oh, Christian Javier has a no-hitter right now for the Astros. Who cares? Screw the Astros. <laughs> All right, Georgia, Tennessee. I already told you who I was picking, so I'm taking Georgia for sure. Oh, it's been a it's been a nice run, Tennessee. <laughs> oh, Stroud needs his Heisman back. Unless, uh, yeah, I'm I'm so sick that. You know, I, I was I was I was a year off and a player wrong about Joe Milton for Heisman. I'm so mad about this. Like, I, it, 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 what kills me the most is that Hendon Hooker, the guy who stole the Heisman from Joe Milton, is going to steal it from C.J. Stroud. So, um, just I'm not doing well about that. Me neither. That's all I've got this week. That's all I got too. So. As always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Punch of Nuts podcast. And as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks.